Oh, I'm not going to be any use to anyone this film crazy. <laughs> Should we get my notes? I like my notes at home. I don't think I took many notes on. I didn't take any notes. I took more notes than I've taken for any film. Don't give anything away. I took more notes than I took in GCSE English. <laughs> Song catcher. Oh, yeah. yes. Why is it catcher? Uh, someone in Australia said, Have you ever seen Song Catcher? It's this amazing film about someone who goes into the Appalachian Mountains and listens to music. Um, you should watch it. I thought, Well, if I'm going to watch a film recommended to me by a 60 year old or 70 year old, then you lot will join me. And that was my only reason for choosing it. Good. And I'd be very interested to hear what everyone thinks about it. Hmm. Should we do a quick a preliminary round? thumbs up, thumbs down? Yeah. I'm going thumbs up. <laughs> preliminary thumbs, thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Very All right. good. Very good film. Thumbs up. I think I would like to say that I did not have just one thumb up. It was two. Yes. yes. Yeah. For yeah. the listening audience, Fernando had two yeah. thumbs up. Very Excellent. enjoyable. This was yeah. one of the best films we've seen, I think. Yeah, I was really surprised how good it was. And song to song. <laughs> um, so yeah, there was always a potential. It was just a disaster of a film. Yeah. And when it became clear that it was difficult to find, I started to worry. <laughs> I did too a little bit. I thought, like, is there a reason that a film that's only 19 years old is basically impossible to get a hold of? We have to, like, import it from <laughs> from the US. Uh, cool. Yeah. But okay. So no, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. What did we like? The music. Did you like the music? Loved the music. <laughs> You're, you're talking about the songs. The songs. Yeah. She the, the musical instruments. All yeah. of the music. Excellent. Excellent. Um, good plot. Yep. Very happy. Yep. Yeah. What about you? Um, yeah, I thought I thought the music was good, but the thing that struck me uh, was just the the feeling of that mountain, and they didn't a lot of films that are going for a, a particular feeling or emotion behind everything tend to spend a lot of time dwelling on establishing shots and stuff and this didn't, it really was a film with people walking into mm. places and it was mm. a very dialogue driven yeah. but somehow I got such a, an impression of what the mountain culture and society was like and such a feeling of what it was like to be there um, that I was yeah, I thought that was great and the music became came, came into that um, and just made it feel so real um, I guess a lot of films I, I'm i very aware that I'm watching a film and I think like oh it's interesting how they did that and oh that shot must have been difficult to do and this is one of the rare films where I completely forgot and it could have just been a camera following something that really happened Okay. Um, it absolutely defied disbelief it was just yeah, spot on. Everything just felt so, so realistic and true mm. to life. Yeah. 
Why did you like it, Fernando? Well, there were several things that I liked, and only I think one like one thing that I did not like. Um, I liked how it was about someone that had studied uh, for a long time and had a PhD in music. Mm, that she found something so enthusiastic, even when she decided to quit the. Well, I mean, I th- I, I wasn't sure whether she quit her position at the university after not being um, uh, promoted to the full time professor professorship, but she went to the mountains. It was, um, and then she found something that she was very interesting, and all this skill required. And when she started like to draw the, is it called? Pentagram, the bars, uh, the five line, the, the oh, there's uh, the staff, the stave on which she was. Oh, okay. Uh, a pentagram is like a five pointed star. Oh, okay. Well, it was not a pentagram. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Um, and she started just writing music out of things that were sung. Was also very interesting. Also the many themes that were um, mm, covered not only that but also mm, different sexual orientations mm. and um, the way in which people behave uh, uh, when exposed to different sexual orientations mm. and uh, of course the Mm, intolerance, the unfortunate intolerance, which I don't know where that comes was in originally come from. Uh, I wonder if it is something that you are taught. I think religion has a lot. Uh, and if religion is, and I've, I've questioned myself a lot whether Christianity has to do with homophobia. And in fact, every time that I encounter a divinity student, one of my first questions is, do you think that the Bible is homophobic? And some of them, well, they have varied answers. Some of them are, I don't want it to be homophobic. Mm. The other answer is, no, it isn't. And some others prefer not to have an opinion on on, on, on whether it is or not. Um, regardless, even if it isn't homophobic, I think it, the text has been used uh, uh, with homophobic purposes. Yeah. Um, so all, all, all the topics. The only thing that I did not like is that she doesn't stay to record everything again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you can continue with this man. Yeah. <laughs> Afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you not staying? It's only been a month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's more body wax. Yeah. But overall, it was a, a film that I really enjoyed. Great. Excellent. Yeah, I, I found myself enjoying it. And I, I was sceptical. Just because that whole like patronising twee, like oh someone goes out into the wilderness and finds the people who live in the country and is so enamoured with them and their way of life. But she wasn't. She, she didn't turn up and be like, oh this is so amazing, I want to live here forever. She was like, oh this is really fascinating as an intellectual. I want to take that knowledge to other people and share that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just I found myself really enjoying it. I really enjoyed the sort of accidental 
strong female characters. Like it was so, it didn't feel deliberate, mm. but protagonist was a female. Her sister and her girlfriend were like really important characters. Mm. And like, it didn't seem forced. It didn't seem like there was a message that was being pushed. It was just mm. there. And that was like, this is how this story's told. Mm. Kind of how it should be. Like 50 50. It just was. Which is nice. It was very nice. Um, it felt like it was <clears throat> from much long before 2000, I thought. I wouldn't have been surprised if it had been filmed in like the mm. late 80s, early 90s. Or mm. So it's not that much long. Well, it is Australian, isn't it? So. Oh, yeah. And why do you say that? Oh, I don't know. Just the, the quality, I think, mm. probably of the, yeah. <laughs> the film. Yep. Mm. But yeah. But yeah, just probably that, to be honest. But. Yeah. It reminds me of some other films that I have seen, which I'll probably discover from like the noughties. Yeah. Some, um, Your comment makes you think of Leon, the professional that we watched, which was from 1994, I think only six mm. years before the film that we watched. And that one does look like really old. Mm. Mm. Uh, okay. So maybe even though this one is set in a maybe as in it's meant to be even before 1994. This one looks newer, I think. The images look sharper. Mm. I, or at least that's my, well, that, that was my opinion. Uh. Did you not agree? No, no, I don't agree at all. <laughs> so you think you think that Leon looks more modern than this one? Yeah, I thought Leon had a certain, uh, a certain flair and a certain style, possibly just because it was set in New York City in the modern day, and this okay. was set in the middle of nowhere. Um, a hundred years ago, uh, but I guess the the lower resolution and the whereas we watched Leon in like glorious HD, uh, and it was very like yeah high high production value movie yeah. type film. I see. Um, well, <laughs> I see. <laughs> but um, however, the actual facts are on your side, which is Songcatcher <laughs> is newer by six years. <laughs> You're technically right, which is the best so. kind of right. <laughs> well, what I don't have an opinion on is how it made you feel. <laughs> um, and yeah, if it, yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, it reminded me of Fried Green Tomato. Just in the like again. style and quality, which is from 1991. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> It reminded me of two films, one of which okay, is... Me too. Go on. Ladies in Lavender. Nope. Oh, interesting. Which is yeah. a really good film. Yep. Uh, and the reason it reminded me of that is because of this uh, just spot-on, um, completely watertight period mm-hmm. costume and stuff. Yep. There, there wasn't a single thing that made me think, oh, that dress looks too modern or... Uh-huh. Oh, they wouldn't have said that back in the olden days or whatever. Mm. It, it just seemed like it was a documentary. And the other film would be uh, Anne of Green Gables, which possibly oh, matches yeah. up with what the two of you say, which is uh, it's a, a film, a sort of made-for-TV film from the 1980s, which had the same kind of production values and the same sort of feel to it, the way it was filmed and stuff. It, it seemed quite, quite old. Mm. Yeah. yeah. What so, was your other film? Well, two other films, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I suppose it were only three films. <laughs> but the other two were Oh Brother, Wherefore Art Thou? Hmm. Have you seen that one? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Is it just all brother, where are they? Oh, is it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah the jail yeah, one. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool, all that's brother, fine. Um, but I think that's the music. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Nothing else. And uh, the other one was A Streetcar Named Desire. I have never seen that. I haven't have seen you that. Not? I've heard of it. Oh. Hmm. I should say no more. I thought... Huh, could be interesting. <laughs> I thought of Oh Brother, Where Art Thou while I was watching it mm. because of the song about death, mm. which sounds... I, oh, I thought yeah. to start with that it was the exact same song mm-hmm. that the executioners sing just before they're going to uh, put to death um, some of the, the prisoners in yeah. Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Um says, oh, Div. But it's, I think it was a different song, but it was very, very similar. And yeah, there was a lot of uh, folk music in that film, the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Though it had such a different tone as a <laughs> yeah. film overall. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but the music carrying the film. Mm. Yeah. And not being a musical. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't Fiddler on the Roof, where yeah. all the characters break out into dance as if mm-hmm. yeah. you know that's normal or anything yeah it was just there is music as an ambient part of life yeah mm-hmm. um, so I suppose it's got the same, hmm. same thing going mm. oh. I'm very relieved that it paid off because yeah. like <laughs> it was a gamble <laughs> <laughs> So was it an Australian film? I think it, the production team was Australian. Really? Oh. Yeah. You'd never have known. I, I figured it was going to be set in Australia and have Australian actors. And I knew it was set in America. But yeah, okay. Was she from England? Were they in England at the beginning? No. no. I always thought they were in England. Did she no. have an English accent? No, she had a no. posh American accent. <laughs> I always thought, okay. Because the, the guy at the end has an English accent. Uh-huh. The, yeah. the other, the full professor. Yeah. <laughs> Frick. Even though he was really nice. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> um, Turned up to take credit for her taking credit from them. She said she was. He, he said he was going to be her assistant. Yes. And well, after she and said she, she didn't want to do it, he insisted on putting her name on it first. Yes. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you make a good point. <laughs> He was wearing silly goggles. Yeah. He was wearing a silly stupid goggles. Stupid moustache. <laughs> <laughs> I so I thought that was interesting that he came in a car, a, mm. a motor car. Um, yeah. Because un- until they had a conversation, I thought he was going to be the horrible, arrogant character we'd sort of. Mm. Being told he was, mm. yeah, but then it turned out he wasn't, which was and sort of bringing the nice car was that. a bit mm. showy, and obviously that's not an appropriate vehicle for the terrain. Yeah, <laughs> get on a horse. Um, so I thought that was quite a nice, a nice way to sort of keep that going, and then just snap you out of it really mm. quickly. Yeah, I thought he was going to remind me of the coal prospector. Yeah. He's the only one yeah. wearing a tie for the whole thing. Yeah. and Yeah, but utterly otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was a really nice way to just, like, top you up and to, oh, this guy's arrogant. And then... 
She was talking about the cold perspective. Oh, was his name to... Giddens? I don't know. Sorry, the cold perspective. The the cold man. Yeah. The evil man. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't he, he was, a bastard? He was a bastard, yeah. wasn't he? Did you enjoy that? Or did you find you would have liked more nuance in his villainy? Uh, perhaps I would have liked more nuance in his villainy. I, I didn't didn't think of that. I hated him. I want, wanted him out of there. Um, yeah, what did you think of him? Yeah, I like a good villain. I don't need nuance in my villains. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and in a way, there was some nuance to him. I didn't expect him to start singing mm. at the hoedown after he'd just been beaten up that, and he was holding was a, a gun. That was one jarring moment for me, was yeah. him singing. I thought, right. why is he doing this? Mm. Like, why is this character singing right now? Mm. Except to show us that even the bad people in the house... Mm find music really important hmm. I think he would have said oh you're all hicks and scum and walked hmm. off in a shop yeah but he's he said a couple of times before didn't he he made it clear that he was one of them hmm. and he said things like oh we want to show this lady that we're not all uh, that we're not all just country yokels and we hmm, hmm. Yeah, okay. So he was saying we, he was, he yeah, is he was one of them. He? Uh, it was surprising, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I'd never expected him to start singing. Um, yeah. And then the guy after him, with a moustache and the, the random high notes at the end of every other line. I enjoyed his singing. Mm. Always kept me guessing. <laughs> <laughs> did you like the villain? I did. I do not think he was as evil as it seems that you all three think he is. He was so evil. He was I just thought the other person, the, uh, I can't remember his name, but mm, the one that discovers uh, the two teachers in the oh, woods. Yeah. Mm. I thought he was Fate. extremely evil. Mm-hmm. As in he was more evil than this other person that was wearing a tie right. all the time. He was a stupid kid, though. Is there mm. some defense in him being... Well, I think the only defense that I can think of is that in reality there is no good and there is no evil. There are no Mm. good and there are no evil people. But, uh... And he did a bad thing. Yeah. That's all we have to judge him on. (laughs) I have some notes about him. um, And and they lead into this idea of homophobia. Mm -hmm. Um, What I've written is that I've taken notes on his destructive ignorance... Mm-hmm. So we saw a few different escalating mm-hmm. uh, examples mm-hmm. of his ignorance. Um, the first one was he broke the fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he broke the, this girl, the, the only nice thing she had ever had that she was so proud of. And as soon as he saw it, he broke it because he was jealous. And because he didn't know where this had come from, he didn't know why he'd got it. He knew nothing about it. He just didn't understand that he broke it. Uh, the second one was he uh, throws the recorder down. Yep. So, in fairness, she's been pushing him all day. He never wanted to bring the thing at all. She's mm. not listening to him when he says, this is too big to bring up the mountain, you can't do this. But then just in his anger, he just hurls it down the mountain, pushes it down, mm-hmm. knowing it's so valuable, knowing he's going to break it and could ruin all her studies. The third one is when they get the letter 
mm-hmm. um, that they need to the urgent letter, and he discovers how urgent it is. He snatches it off the girl and immediately throws it in the bush. Mm-hmm. Um, and only because she's faster than him does she actually manage to grab it and run off with it. Um, and the final one is he burns down the school. Mm-hmm. And all of these are examples of hatred of something that he doesn't understand. He doesn't understand why she's got the fan um, or how she could have been paid for just for singing. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't understand why she wants to record the music and why the recorder is so important to her, so he pushes it down the cliff. Um, he doesn't understand what the letter's for, he just knows that it's a part of the outside world, mm-hmm. and so he gets rid of it, and he doesn't understand why two women might fall in love. Um, he just sees it as as just something unfamiliar, and so he attacks it, as he does with all of these things. And he was such a consistent character mm-hmm. in that way, I think that's part of why this film was so good, was the, the consistency in the characters. That's a really interesting point. I just thought, oh, he's just a kid with a temper problem. Mm. But he was, he was just reacting to that's scary, because I don't know. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, that's true. And they rubbed in so much... I think they they gave us an idea that it's not specifically... They... So in terms of the the people who were against the the two women falling in love mm. were essentially him, his mate, yeah. and the minister. Yeah. And the minister w- seemed to be a zealot. Yeah, he was a bit... A bit mad. Yeah, a bit mad, a bit fire and brimstone, a bit over the top. Mm-hmm. And the two kids just... Just didn't understand anything. Well, it's the same guy that was out with the love interest um, at the start of the film. Yeah. So presumably he's just like the local troublemaker, one of the guys who mm. gets involved in whatever mischief he can he can do. Or... Yeah, we never really found out about him, did we? Um, A male character that wasn't fully developed. (laughs) (sighs) We don't need male representation in films. He wasn't even pretty. (laughs) (laughs) How did he get on camera? (laughs) Anyway, all the other characters, even while standing in the church building and being berated by the minister, Mm -hmm. stood up and either said nothing or said I think it was really stupid to burn down the school, the mm-hmm. teachers were doing a good thing yeah. um, the guy saying I never knew anything and my kids never know anything but I was hoping for better for my grandkids mm-hmm. that they weren't all just ignorant and they didn't all mm-hmm. hate lesbians mm-hmm. um, I think even did the love interest whatever his name was <laughs> um, did he say something Bledsoe? like no, Blisto. That was Blisto. I should have written down the names. I usually try Bisto? and write down the names. Bisto. It wasn't. I Bisto. think it was Bledsoe or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, the love interest. Um, he said something like, "Oh, those two are what would you call it? Sweethearts." That doesn't bother me. And then he said something that I slightly missed, which could have been something like, 
I've I've seen that sort of thing before. Or I, I don't think you said that. I can't no, remember exactly I can't, what you said. I, it didn't quite catch it. Uh, anyway, yeah, most of them were okay, and it was just um, people who were who had their own problems, mm-hmm. who were actually upset about it. Um, just ones who had become bitter or uh, frightened, mm-hmm. who were actually attacking um, the, the two women. It was only Eleanor who was left at that point, wasn't it? Her partner had left. Was it Harry? Um, yes, they'd just turned up at the church, hadn't yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah, because even like uh, the prof from the outside world, the enlightened outside world, I did air quotes there. Yeah. Um, so, oh, well, it's not your fault, sister. You know, you've been led astray by an older woman, you know. Um, the enlightenment wasn't a, a an outside world hex who live in the mountain sort of thing. Mm. I think it was good to make that clear that it wasn't. And yet she was quite critical to start yeah. with. She, she yeah, exactly. broke down in tears. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Couldn't understand it. I don't even know if she was okay with it in the end. Because when Bisto was telling her that he was okay with it, she was never like, oh, yeah, me too. Mm. I don't think she was. You don't think she was? No. You don't think she was okay with it? No. No. However, she did say to her sister, mm-hmm. maybe you two should... It was after the school burned down and said, maybe the two of you should... Because the sister was saying, oh, she's gone now, I'll never see her again. And she said, well, why don't you go down to the town? You you can live as you please there. Mm. Almost trying to give her a way to stay with her lover. Mm. Um, I think she grew to accept it. Mm. At least it, she grew to tolerate, tolerate it. Tolerate it, yeah. Um, but wh- why don't you think that she... Mm, well, maybe because I think it was just, it's just a brief period of time and I don't think that mm. someone changes uh, 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 an opinion specifically on that matter so suddenly. Mm. Mm. Okay. It seemed very ingrained mm. gut reaction to it that was very visceral. This is disgusting. I think she actually said that. I mean, to be fair, if you walk in on a sibling having sex, that is pretty, yeah, pretty disgusting anyway. <laughs> really upsetting. Um, saw a sibling naked as well. Yeah, no, you don't want that. But something I noticed um, was she said to her sister um, something like, "I can, I suppose, I can see what you're what you're doing here, stuck out in the middle of nowhere, and with her being so much older and." Ex- older and more experienced than you. Yeah, that, I think that was her trying to say, oh, my younger sister yeah. has been led astray. Okay. This is, oh, it's you a, know, she's a victim fault. here. Yeah. She's being abused by the older woman. Hmm. Oh, this, is, this isn't that... Like the older woman was the one to blame. Yeah, exactly. Right. This isn't that my little sister happens to love women. Yeah. Because that's unthinkable. Yeah. What's happened here is... Right. Some sexual predator is taking advantage. 
And can it possibly be a coincidence that she herself had just come from somewhere where she was in a forbidden relationship with someone mm. much older than her? I immediately thought, this is this is about her own relationship, isn't it? I see. Um, I don't know, I'm going to have to be convinced on that one. I'm not sure about that. I think it was just homophobia. Possibly. Um, yeah, we could imagine that someone at that time would yeah. have, uh, would have, at least to start with, uh, reacted a, against a, a same-sex couple. But I, I wonder if, just like um, a young man who hates things he doesn't understand, or just hates things because he's angry and he's got such a bad life himself, whether she had maybe I'm. Um, reaching a bit far here but whether she she saw this relationship with her sister and immediately brought it back to her own relationship that she wasn't supposed to be having mm. that she had to keep a secret that was with an older and more experienced partner um, it just seemed funny that she would bring that up mm. um, but your, your reasoning is that he was lying to her he like like the two women were in a loving, happy relationship, mm. <coughs> and he lied to her about voting for mm -hmm. her full professorship, and lied in the letter about what the English professor intended, because mm -hmm. mm. he said you can, he wants you to stay on as his assistant, which hurt her. It made her mm. vulnerable. Why would he want to do that? To keep her low, mm. keep her needy. Classic abuse. Yeah. Creep. Negging her. He was negging her. Yeah. Um, oh, that's that's not how I saw it, but I see what you're saying. What? <laughs> so they, yeah, do you know how she was having an affair with yes. the guy? And he said, oh yes, I was defending you, I was the only one speaking for you. But she called him out on it, because she oh, knew he, wasn't. he hadn't voted for her. And then in the letter, he, uh -huh. he lied in the letter. Yes. So it was as if he was trying to keep that control over her. So she was in this abusive relationship. So yeah, maybe she was projecting onto mm. her baby sister or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's something I hadn't seen, the, the abusive nature of that. I saw it as a more just non-committal, not going as far as as you should do for someone you're in love with, but just a, a guy who was a bit useless. Um, it was when he lied in the letter. Yeah. That's what did it for me. It hadn't occurred to me. I, I thought that must have been just a miscommunication. He just got his lines crossed and just obviously assumed that... Uh, she would be the, the woman would be the assistant. and uh, Yeah. Yeah, maybe trying to keep her down. Hmm. Yeah. But she was not to be kept down under any circumstances. <laughs> uh, it was it was good seeing her her strength of character and mm. her determination. What do you think of all this? Yeah. Um <clears throat> I wonder if she was strong in the beginning 
She seemed a little weak to mm. me, probably because of all of her prejudices. <laughs> her own prejudices. Her own prejudices against all the people she met, her own sister. Mm-hmm. She kind of made some steps to address them, but... Mm. How was I definitely mean? think he was abusive. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh-huh. You you felt that way as well? Yeah, the, I think, yeah About yeah. the letter and stuff. Mm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I can... Wait, I, I, I agree that. with you both. Yeah. Oh, okay. When okay. I said one, I was just reacting with surprise to your reaction. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, it looks like it's three against one, Michael. <laughs> yeah, Michael. I agree with you guys. No, that, that does seem reasonable. Um, yeah, oh, it was a, an error of communication. This is not a very satisfying ending. Oh, it happens so often, though. So, oh, I didn't think you'd take it that way. I didn't think you'd understand it that way. That's not what I meant. Like, it happens all the time in those sorts of relationships. Oh, someone deliberately trying yeah. to get the other one down yeah. and then playing ignorance. Yeah. Yeah, okay. You're like, well, I wasn't sure what he said. Um, Let's see. Obviously, that's what I thought. Yeah. Hmm. What else would he have meant? Hmm. Well, she's, she's not getting back with him. Yeah. Her new rugged... Yeah. Alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks like... Oh, what's his name? Oh, it's... The name's gone. Carry on. <laughs> yeah. Bradley Cooper. Oh, he does look like Bradley Cooper. Don't oh, know who that is. No. Bearded Bradley Cooper, honestly. Who's Bradley Cooper? Ah, uh, yes. Wait, is this a present from the three against one again? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh no, I'm not sure I see that at all. Is I'm this someone you all know, or is this a famous? He's yeah, a famous Brad. He, he works from in A Star Is Born, I think. Of him. Yeah, he's good looking though. God, he's never not photographed with women. <laughs> he's a good looking man. That's Bradley Cooper there. Yeah, it looks a bit like him. Yeah. It wasn't him though. No, it wasn't. No. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, she's with him now. That's it. He's been to the outside. Mm. That was an interesting one, wasn't it? She said. When they go to the other world, mm. they come back and they're never the same. I thought she actually meant Europe. I thought she actually... Oh. She oh. actually oh, he went to England mm. and came back. <laughs> he went to Cuba, didn't he? Did In the he? war. In the when? war. Oh, that's where he got his guitar. Yeah. Oh, I thought he went to England. Oh, you got. Oh, the, no. yeah, you no, thought that was what was meant by the other world. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you're so used to it being referred to like the new, the world, new world and the old world. Mm. I think it was just that he went to the city. Right. The yeah, I took it to mean the mountain and not the mountain. Didn't they say across the sea? In Cuba. Well, I, I think maybe he did go across the sea right. on military service. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's fine. Mm. Um, yeah. I'll allow it. We can't even remember his name. But we can't remember any of their names, so that's okay. Mr. Bist. Close enough. I remember Fate and Eleanor. I remember Eleanor. Who was Eleanor? And Des. The one from Fraser. Des. Des. 
just a There's the one. The There's lady. The young woman. Mm. The young child. The oh, orphan. Yeah, I don't remember her name. The lady. Oh, she's great. Right. Oh, yeah. The it, was Dale, it was Dale, wasn't it? Yes. The yes, lady. It could have been. Yeah. She was great. Oh, she was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Amy Rotham. Yeah. She's well famous. Didn't realise it was Amy Rotham until the end. Yeah. Do you know Amy Rotham? No, I don't think so. She was in Phantom of the Opera. Oh, I saw that. Shameless. Mm. I haven't seen that. That's quite good, isn't it? Mm. I think I don't know. I haven't seen it either. Okay. I've seen bits of it. Yeah, bits of it. Um, yeah, she was one. She had. Um, she had such a. A sort of uncynical. Just wide-eyed. Mm. Curiosity and happiness. That was wonderful. Uh, it was interesting that the first time that she heard this, uh, one of these old songs that have been around for generations, she heard it from someone so young. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was great. And I'm glad she uh, got away from her, her sweetheart in the end. Skip. I don't think that was his name. No. I think it was We'll fate. call him Skip. Sorry? Fate. I think that's what they were saying. Fate. Okay. Or Tate. Or it's the angry young man. Eight. Something eight. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do we all like Viney? I love oh, Viney. I've got Viney a whole great. paragraph about Viney. Yeah. Um, the old grandma. Um, what is it about like old woman actors? They just always seem to completely steal the scene yeah. and they're just so watchable whenever mm. I see one um, and they're so they so rarely appear in films yeah. and TV shows um, and uh, yeah Viney she was just great wasn't she yeah I could just I could have watched her all day making just, a joke about sex <laughs> yeah all the way <laughs> she accidentally said something and then they all giggled and, yeah yeah, she was just so in charge, mm. and no, no one crossed her for a second. <laughs> Do um, it, woman! <laughs> what was that? <laughs> when a uh, woman was given birth and the, the oh, lady yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wonderful. And just this, this feeling that she was more experienced than anyone else there. She was acting like she delivered a hundred babies and she probably had um, <laughs> not again <laughs> just no nonsense from anyone yeah yeah she's brilliant um, and so much fun as well mm. uh, I I thought maybe she was going to die during the film oh no um, and I'm so glad she didn't and they left her just as they'd found her mm. um, just going about her life yeah wonderful <laughs> Yeah, I, I just found her so likable yeah. as a character. Mm. Certainly knew how to do a likable character. They did, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the likable characters were likable, and the villains yeah. were villains. Yeah, and it. That being said, I never really warmed to. What's her name? The main one. Lily. The main character. Lily, that's the yeah. one. Yeah, I never warmed her. Oh really? Yeah, she was alright. She was um she was ambitious, wasn't she? Mm. Ambitious and she was strict mm. and She was passionate about collecting. Yeah. It was a bit uh, I think Did she... you not like how she liked everything to be scientific? 
Agreed, yes, first of all. <laughs> I didn't immediately think of you. Extremely pretentious. <laughs> no, that has not been collected scientifically. That is going in the fire. <laughs> <laughs> she could have been a bit nicer. Times, He's too young. <laughs> not a reliable source. In a way, rather that than a scientist that goes like, oh yes, of course I'll put your thing in the report. Well, that's the interesting thing, because she's a woman, isn't she? And women are prone to emotions and yes. being swayed by the emotional argument. And she's yeah. like, well, no. She's not scientific. So unsentimental, yeah. <laughs> Which is what let science down, I think, because she lost all that music. <laughs> it was unreliable. Her sister was a lesbian. That's nothing to do with her being a bad scientist. <laughs> 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 nice try though <laughs> no but she did she missed out on a lot of songs and a lot of source material yeah. she dismissed it without even checking it she's like oh mm. that Looks isn't it. a standard notation yeah. system been that <laughs> <laughs> did she do that I yeah I remember like... when the pregnant woman came up to her first and handed her this huge she'd taken the trouble to write it all oh, out yeah. and she was like I know. No scientific, sorry. Just Fair enough. enough. <laughs> she gets that back to the university and then a hundred years later you they find out, oh, it turns out the people in that town wrote this differently just and we've been singing it. it wrong for a hundred years. You, just, you have someone replicate it while you've got it there and you transcribe it. Valuable source material. <laughs> you say, is this what you meant? And then if she says yeah. no, you don't write it down. Well, that's not very scientific though, is it? <laughs> they... Uh, that's really scientific. Is this what you meant? They go, oh, yeah, yeah, but definitely. <laughs> You're prejudicing the subject straight away if you play them the tune and then go, oh, is that is that the song that you normally well, sing? She could have it, them sing it and compare yeah. it against what she has in front like, of her. Oh, sure, but you... then she might as well throw it away, right? No. She could just have them she sing it and write it down. It. Otherwise, Maybe then she's got not... some songs that she wrote down from them singing and other songs that she wrote down from them singing with an extra thing that she's going to half copy. Yeah, but maybe they can't sing as well. And so the notation tells her what the actual notes are. Well, I don't know about that. Why? She's trying to record what they're singing, right? Um, she's notating it herself, though, isn't she? Yeah, she was. Yeah. She, she, she didn't was record everything. Record not in manuscript. Yeah, but she's she's at least able to record things consistently if she does it herself using her own notation. Oh, not this is a classic white male disregard of indigenous knowledge <laughs> and expertise. <laughs> I beg to differ. <laughs> I'm sure you, you do. <laughs> Can't win. I want to talk about the the way they treated. Um, essentially indigenous people these days weren't indigenous at all but uh, the way they treated <laughs> so um, like distant people who weren't part of what we might call civilization. Yeah. Um, which was again brilliant films tend to either portray um, people in isolated communities in on the top of a mountain they're either going to be like frightening savages mm. or they're going to be um, people that you think are frightening savages but then it turns out they're immensely wise and 
they commune mm. with nature. And I thought they did a really good job of getting across the idea that people who live in distant, isolated communities are basically still just people, and some of them are bad, and some of them are good, and they've all got problems, and they've got some of the problems we have and some other problems, but mm -hmm. people are just basically the same everywhere. And I thought they made that, they did a really good job of that, mm -hmm. as far as I could see, and tried, I think, did a pretty good job of... They occasionally had, like, <laughs> classic signs of being, like, <laughs> ignorant yokels and they showed why that was mm. they showed why why people had these prejudices and they showed why but and they showed can you give an example of that yeah so um our our friend bisto the love interest <laughs> um he was really really disrespectful and quite hateful mm -hmm. towards lily, lily thank you um, and then, and he was a drunk, and he was rude and cruel, and we later discovered he had been married twice, and mm. both of his wives had died because they had no medicine, oh, and they lived in such a... Oh my god, that scene was a roller coaster for me, just after the birth, mm. when she comes out, and I didn't realise he was drunk, I thought the kid was his... And that's oh. why he was over-emotional. Oh. Yeah. And then it turned out that he wasn't just this obnoxious get who was sleeping around and having kids with other people's wives while the guy had run away. And he was actually just... He was really hurt. He needed some emotional support. That was... Oh, what a scene. <laughs> yeah. Like an onion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was all I wanted to say. Yeah, so he they they had such a, a difficult life just because of how how tough the place they lived mm -hmm. was, and this led to be, people becoming bitter, mm -hmm. and that led to feuds. It led to people pointing guns at each other, and this led to more destructive behaviour, which just made life worse for everyone. We yeah. could see this sort of vicious cycle, um, and it was so human and so real, um, and it yeah just just totally. Made sense to me, so while they were not indigenous, a good job of they did a good job of of yeah explaining people mm. who live outside the the connected community we live in. Yeah, lives are very much shaped by the landscape that they were in, mm -hmm. responding to the land. Yeah, how how was it as an anthropologist watching that? Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah very interesting. There you go. That's good to know. <laughs> How was it as a mathematician? Interesting. <laughs> How was it as a chemist? It's boring. There's no chemistry. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot. If I would say anything about this film, it was a lack of chemistry. <laughs> well, what was there? Oh, a bit of chemistry going on later. <laughs> I. What did you think of the first scene where they kissed? I um, oh. probably objectively thought, yep. no, she's having a panic attack here. Yeah. Don't, what are you doing, man? Take a step back. But as a as a hopeless romantic, oh, <laughs> oh what a scene! A swooned, <laughs> a <Right>. bloody swooned. <laughs> <laughs> <In> a... <laughs> 
<laughs> In other words, you felt the same as Lily, right? Yeah. Who, yeah, yeah. like, realised what was happening and shoved him away and then leapt on him. It was wonderful. Uh, she was so, like, <laughs> about it afterwards. Yeah. She was like, I don't know if I'll... No, I do. Yeah, she, like, she was like clearly still angry with him and terrified that she was about to be killed by a panther. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> Did you swim? That's not the reaction of a man who swims. <laughs> what did I think? I thought we're all superstitious. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> In the first kiss? Scene. Yes, I think it was just too focused on what had happened previously. And then, oh. how did he get there so fast? Maybe that's what <laughs> I was... <laughs> Maybe he's Superstitious, what are you talking about? Well, the panther lady, or panther cat, or <laughs> panther something. Yeah, panther yeah. cat. It was a panther cat, yeah. I always thought, well, that doesn't exist. A panther I mean, they do exist, right? Wait, was it Panther Lady? If it was a Panther Cat... No, she said it'll sound like a woman screaming, but it's a panther. Yeah. Yes. And I was like, there are, there is no panther that sounds like a, <laughs> like a woman, thank you. Ridiculous advice. I bet there is. What? Have you heard some noises cats can make? Hmm. Even I've heard cats. panthers. Oh. Right. Oh, so I guess this was like a mountain lion, right? Oh. Which have... a sort of 40 mm. different names across the Americas mm. um, and maybe they call it a panther cat I figured yeah yeah I thought it was a mountain lion of oh, some description yeah you're obviously not meant to take off your clothes if faced with a mountain lion no no you're meant to keep them on and make yourself look bigger oh like flap out your coat and make a lot of noise well apparently. it worked didn't it did it because it <laughs> mauled that petticoat or whatever it was how many layers of clothes does she wear <laughs> I thought this like wow it really is the olden days isn't it she's wearing she her under under petticoat and her, <laughs> yeah. her over under petticoat and her main petticoat and her. Under oh, you think she was still wearing a lot? Even though she, yeah. In fact, on a, like in the summer, I wear less than what she was wearing when he met her, and that was after she'd taken off like four layers. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Why were they still wearing really long skirts? Oh, no wonder she was boiling all the like, time. Like, how is that? remotely useful for women to be in big skirts that get caught in all the brush and all the trees mm. and you can't farm because it drags the ground with it. Oh, it's just so impractical. I I would have thought better of them. <laughs> yeah, get some trousers. Just get some trousers, mate. Yeah. Viney! Yeah. yeah, Viney wore a big dress, didn't she? <laughs> oh, Viney. <laughs> She was not an impractical woman, though. <laughs> no, she knew. She knew her way around a shotgun. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. What did we all think of the... Uh, the... I don't know, the, the other woman arriving at the end in the church and shooting the philanderer? So there was the child that was born. Yeah. Her. So the mum's husband was having an affair with the priest's daughter, I assume. And then she arrived and just shot the guy, mm. like, out of nowhere. Was mm. that 
in keeping with the story or for me it was just a bit unnecessary I didn't yeah I think they were trying to fling in some yeah, excitement it was, it was just a bit of extra drama no I thought it fit in perfectly <laughs> it fit right into the vicious cycle somebody had acted in a, a reckless and uh, selfish way sleeping around not look after his children going back to look after his children um, partly because Lily had told him to mm. and this just begot more anger more feuding and so in the end he got shot and this surely only made things worse yeah. um, just this same spiral going round and round making things worse just as we saw with um, with Bastro oh, um yeah, and the, the way they had her raise the gun and fire and then the next scene was the funeral, it just, I'd say, rather than them trying to inject... Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> what's the word you used? That drama. drama. Um, they, they almost treated it as if it was just nothing, just this kind of thing happens all the time. Um, yeah, they didn't do the thing where someone threatens someone with a weapon and then talks for ages with the weapon on show. Yeah. You know, we didn't know that was a threat until yeah. she just shot mm. him. And you have to think the rest of the people there did as well. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, it didn't do that. that frustrates me in films. I'm going to kill you, Mr. Bond. <laughs> and I'm going to explain every detail, Mr. Bond. <laughs> While you look for a way to escape. <laughs> Mr. Bond. Yeah, she just shot him. Mm. Mm. I know if you're going to shoot someone, that's how you do it, I suppose. But if you didn't think that worked very well, then that's your opinion. I, just, I like, we didn't know enough about her to know whether that was. Yeah. It's not the thing I'm interested in at this point. Okay. Mm. Mm. I was just glad he was back. He's Hmm. I have a question. Ooh! Um. Is it symbolic? Yeah. Okay. Does it symbolise a question? <laughs> I mean, I wrote it down, if that's what you mean. Mm. Go on. A lot of bad stuff happened that could have discouraged Lily. Mm-hmm. And she kept on pushing through it, even when the guy threw her... Mm machine uh-huh. down the hill probably breaking it she just yeah. said well we'd better carry on then hadn't we we'd, she would not give up mm-hmm. and at the end she gave up and said let's leave mm-hmm. and even when the thing was handed to her on a platter with her new assistant coming over from Merry England mm-hmm. she wasn't interested anymore and it seemed that this happened after the school burned down what happened that she gave up then why did she fu- why did she give up so completely oh Right, here we go. <gasps> the school was, as an institution, symbolised her rigidity and prejudice. And once it was gone, oh she God. had learned that actually you shouldn't take things from people, even if you think you're compensating them a tiny bit by putting their names in, sometimes giving one a fan, that actually what she was doing was, was robbing a heritage site and exploiting them. And the the, it, the fire was her turning point of actually I can just live now in the moment and stop my incredible obsession with t- 
taking this and putting it in a museum because it's being lived and I want to live. Okay. That's my thought. She wanted to sell it though. On wax cylinders. Right. Right. <laughs> well. That, that was her big plan for... Yeah. Yep. 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 So what, she was replacing one thing with something possibly more exploitative yeah. and more... But hopefully she would f- put that money back into the community. Mm. She would bury the money. Yes. Yep. Yep. And Give it back the, the metals would nourish the soil <laughs> and therefore the vegetables... Wait, metals be... ultimately come from the, from the earth, right? So she's putting the minerals back was, to where yeah. they belong. I think two things happened. <laughs> um, one, she got that letter where it, it, she was told that someone else was going to finish the work that she was doing mm. and not only that that she was going to be the assistant not the main author and she was so discouraged and she th- saw that as inevitable and she was so discouraged by that uh, and well the thing with the school and she fell in love with this man yeah uh, so maybe it was a combination of those three things she was like ah oh, someone else is coming uh, someone else is going to take credit for what I've already done uh, I've gone through a lot of challenges here, including the last one, which is just school getting burnt, and then I'm falling in love with this man. Mm, I'd rather just do something else. Thank you. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Which is why I think that once she discovered that she was not going to be the assistant, but that person wanted to be the assistant, mm-hmm. she was going to be the main author. And what then, then, and you should, and you, not only, you now have uh, someone who is also, well, perhaps equally as knowledgeable as you, or perhaps has the same, uh, similar education to you that could help you collect the, yeah. the music. Uh, Mm, so it would, as in, plus you've already done the work, so maybe doing it again would be slightly easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so what, why are you giving up now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you don't know why she would now give up? Well, she found a man. Love happened. This yeah. is why you should never fall in love. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it makes sense. I, I don't know why. Okay, it but, made sense that she would leave. Yeah, she 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 had collected the data. She had done the intellectually interesting things. She'd found out all these things. Yeah. The act of like recording it properly and publishing mm. it just wasn't important to her anymore. She had experienced it. She'd lived the life. She'd heard the songs and now like that just wasn't a priority anymore it was her quest was over yeah she'd done her bit and then the fact that it was going to get written down by someone else didn't matter it was going to be written down Um, so she could just walk away from it and live a simpler happier life okay hmm as indeed her love interest trying to teach her when he was playing the banjo his friend, he was like, nice for a living. Yeah. Do you forget that? Yeah. I'm not going to go and fucking mine. <laughs> yeah. Why yeah. don't you? 
and what you say ties in with what Laura says about the school burning down. Um, that 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 school was apart from anything, oh, yeah, contained like, all yeah. of her recordings, all mm, yeah. the work she'd done, and yeah, the destruction okay. of that school was a symbol. Was a major point that must have made her mm-hmm. yeah rethink. Maybe the idea of so I called you out on the selling the wax cylinders, but maybe that was her way of spreading it beyond like mm. the intellectual elite. True, yeah. It was just get it to the people, mm. normal people who listen to music, who live their life. Why should that be kept mm. within academia, within tomes? You know, record it, play it for people. Mm. Yeah, she was going to go and uh, record the music in a way that would cause the music to be heard by yeah. more people and shared and the, the joy of it to be experienced. Mm. I want to ask you a question, Laura. Mm. It, you've got a very different point of view from me, I think, in whether you think the song catcher was justified. It sounds like you're not at all happy with her going round writing down these songs. Correct. Why is that? Well, the direction of power is very unequal. She is coming in as an academic, as a researcher. Yeah. Um, she was very... I don't think we were meant to sympathise her with, with, with her when Bistol <laughs> questioned... Uh, whether mm-hmm. she was paying them appropriately. And she said, I'm doing all the work, I'm collecting it, it's my mm-hmm. initiative to do this, so right. I'm entitled. She was very entitled. Mm-hmm. That's what I felt. Sure. It was a very entitled, privileged position for her to take, of just assuming that actually this knowledge is here for me to collect and me to take, to make my career out of it. And because right. I'm taking the initiative to do it, I'm entitled to do that. That was my opinion. What about you? When I saw that, that scene, I saw that as... Um an example of how uh, I, I thought it was supposed to be an example of how um, insular and small-minded Bisto was because he wouldn't even allow somebody to come in and listen to some songs and record them for posterity. It, it seemed to me that what she was doing was a, a good thing for humanity to, to preserve their culture and to... Um, to to keep what they had created and make sure it wasn't lost and that he could feel that she was somehow taking from him um, seemed seemed close-minded. Well, he did ask, he was like, what are you paying her? Hmm. And she said, nothing. No, she, <laughs> she said, said, I offer it and she refused. Yes, yeah. but again, I'm uncomfortable with that because she was very willing to just be like, okay, well, I'll pick you a minute. Um... Uh, which is, uh, it's one of those difficult things. But certainly, listen, in anthropology, we're faced with this because that was certainly the tradition where one white person, normally mm-hmm. a white person, normally a man, very privileged, would go off into these other cultures and just take knowledge for themselves, mm. use it to boost their own career, take it using, playing on this trope of, oh, I have to preserve it. It's, it's vanishing. It's a vanishing world. They're dying. I mm. have to preserve it for other white people to learn about. Um, and even though that's not the case here because they were obviously all white. Um, yeah. But there's still power dynamics at play a little sure. bit. Still, that doesn't mean it's a bad idea to do it, though, right? Yes. Yeah? I think part of decolonising anthropology is accepting that we're, we shouldn't do that anymore. We shouldn't 
use those tropes and assume that it's we're entitled to that knowledge as white people. Hmm. Do you not think all of humanity is entitled to all knowledge? Though? No, not at all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. No, I think it's exploitative. Um, well, shouldn't is all... it harmful? Yes, incre- I think it's incredibly harmful because it paints... Well, one... Um, again, not really to do with this film, but since I'm getting onto the track of it, yeah. Um, yeah. there's no way to perceive it outside of your own. So that's what ethnocentrism is. That you can't perceive it outside of your own cultural lens. So you're, the knowledge you're taking, you're assuming, is objective and scientific, when actually what you're doing is interpreting it in a way that is probably not accurate. Um, and yeah, I think it is harmful because it, then that image of that community that you've painted becomes very solidified and cemented in sort of in a white Western literature way which has repercussions for years and years and years and leads to this kind of idea that native or indigenous people are vanishing and that their worlds are being lost um which actually undermines the fact that they are being threatened by capitalist hegemonic Hmm. forces and structural issues yeah but but they are yes i know but really are being lost aren't they (sighs) no because we're all part of the same contemporary world and yes okay they you do have threats to environment and mm-hmm. yeah things like that but it's not because if you play on that if you take that too much what you end up doing is giving an image of a culture that's static which isn't the case culture yeah. is never static yeah, it's always moving with the environment yep. and what's around it um hmm. yeah but preserving more information and knowledge can only improve that right Otherwise, it's not for is... white people to do that to with indigenous knowledge, and also it's to, to assume that there aren't indigenous scholars doing that, which there are, and which is a lot better than just anyone sure. assuming that there's there's no power dynamics at play and that it's fine to just take anything that you can. Okay. Yeah. But it's just information. If you're looking at that through a lens, right? Mm-hmm. Albeit white middle aged man from a middle class background yes you're not taking anything away from someone by learning from them you could do harm to them though by the interpretation that you put upon them and you will have a biased interpretation you have yeah I, I a very subjective agree. interpretation which is why we diversity in researchers and knowledge yeah. people I just can't... also knowledge is I think not also this unharmful thing that could never do damage. Knowledge is what power comes from. So look, back in the like 50s and 60s, mm-hmm. you would have anthropologists go in yep. and use this kind of interpretation to keep up very colon- like yeah. colonial powers yep. using the knowledge that they had gathered that these people were not civilised, they were different and they had savage practices and things, which has continued yeah. on in all studies today, all scientific studies today, I think. Yeah. So it's sort of like abuse of that knowledge, whether or not it's deliberate. It's not it's only, damaging. yeah, it's not even that there was pure knowledge to begin with. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know, I've had a margarita, we've got a bit of a there. Well, what did you no, I'm, I'm really enjoying <laughs> this. This is, like, I'm... I can't believe that it's better not to seek to understand other cultures. But people are just living their lives, though. Yeah, we, sure. This is the problem, that we have this entitlement that I don't think is... Just because we think we have this, like, idealised 
realization of uh, any knowledge is good knowledge and it's ours mm-hmm. for learning of. Hmm. When actually, no, it's, I don't think it is. It's, that's how we end up killing people. <laughs> taking but it's also how stuff. we under, end up understanding people, right? If, if all we think of them, it, so much has been, there's been so much damage done by people not understanding each other because we don't speak their language and mm-hmm. we can't read things they write down and maybe we don't write d- different cultures failing to learn about each other must be one of the biggest reasons for human suffering and war sure surely it'd be better i just but let them represent themselves they don't need us to give them a voice also, the fact that, sure. that white people did that, this has become a bit of a like, race thing, but the fact that white yeah. people did that was used to oppress them further. They still use that. We're built on a very systemically racist, colonised society, um, and I think there were elements of that in this film. Just bring it back to... Uh, I can, yeah, it's bring, yeah, cause, yeah, we should remember <laughs> the context of the film, I guess. So. But the oppressed people were white, Laura. <laughs> well, yes, true, but there was class issues at play, which I think no, are sorry. very different. I was but being facetious. <laughs> <laughs> but that's true, no, that matters that they were white. That makes it different. I'd be totally against her if she was with an indigenous community. Right. All the coverage. <laughs> it's, it's just that the... So in this film, not, they could barely read. They weren't writing down their own history. They had these songs that they didn't even know where they were from. They didn't know that these songs were 200 years old. And in another 100 years, those songs might have disappeared and mm-hmm. this moment in time would have been lost forever. Um, that the, there was, They had, as we saw, as she got more and more into the culture, when she arrived, she thought they were just ignorant. And when she had spent some time with them, she realised that it was a whole beautiful, rich culture, but no one was writing this down, no one was communicating this with the outside world. It it told her so much about the ways that songs travel, and so, as she even said in the, the bit towards the end, I think what I really wanted to do is not preserve the songs, but preserve the voices that were singing the songs. She she wanted to to preserve this this beautiful culture that she'd found and it just seems so sad to me to think that we would just lose that because they they weren't going to record it they they didn't realize it was important as no one realizes their own their own little ways are important i think that well it's important to her surely why why should they realize what's important to her yeah exactly they have this oral history. It's travelled for mm. hundreds of years. There's no sense that actually it's going to vanish. That's, again, a white Western trope to assume that of worlds that you don't understand. Of course it's going to vanish. Everything vanishes. Well, the yes, the okay, only reason we fe- know anything is that we've been writing things down. We don't know anything that happened more than 3,000 years ago because people only started writing stuff down. We know so much that happened in the last 3,000 years that's but only utterly what, vanished from oral history. Only what certain people thought was important. Yes. Yeah, so we should try to write down as much as we can. You can't yep. fix that by writing down less. You can only fix it by writing down more. But, but this is a perfect example of the fact that their oral history had continued on for so long. And it probably they probably had changed the things, and things had moulded with time, and the songs became a little bit different. Yes, the songs like had changed. Why is that a bad thing? Because it'll be lost. Why is it, that? Does that matter to you? It matters because it's... <sighs> 
guess why does any history matter? Yeah, because it tells us who we are. It tells us how people how people live their lives, how people lived their lives before, how that we we can learn from the past and we can see what's this is to privilege, though, the, the written word, when actually the oral histories have done that. They're as strong as that. But and other histories that aren't written down are as meaningful and valid and accurate, like Incan keepers, for instance. They didn't have written language, and people assumed that they weren't civilised because of that, when actually hmm. they had very sophisticated technologies and ways of recording things that happened that were not written down. Yeah. Um, but they, they suffer from um, the telephone game, Chinese whispers. They... they these things do get corrupted after a couple of generations. Um, if you if you write things down, they still stuff gets corrupted and changed. Mm-hmm. But just just telling people things. This is how sort of <laughs> you can follow back written history, and there's all these credible things happening. And then two hundred years before that, there are people fighting dragons, and and there's there's no. <laughs> The, the only difference there is things get exaggerated. Things get, people can't remember things perfectly. Even something like the Iliad, that was to a, a word-for-word perfect poem, was passed down through all translation, and huge chunks of it don't make sense until someone wrote it down and preserved it properly. But um, someone's interpretation of this, which is again, you're assuming that the written word is pure and accurate, when actually it's not. It's just subjective. I think it's maybe it more pure and accurate. Preserves than its accuracy. St- say, 20 tellings of it to a chain of people. Person one writes it down. That's their interpretation of it. If person one tells person two up to person 20, it's 20 people's interpretation of it. But that's more, to me, rich. That's heritage, that's history, that's how things evolve, because nothing is static, and we're just assuming but that actually this only one interpretation out- is fine that one interpretation from the one person you've spoken to yeah not from the no, 20 generations no I think generation. you do have but you yeah. can't tell what's what you can t- can't <laughs> tell what's nonsense what was introduced last week and what was introduced 500 years ago I guess we just have different priorities because I would find that interesting I would rather have a written history from the 20 people and see how that changed hmm yeah so what's wrong with starting recording now like I've <laughs> got the same problem, I think. But it's just that you've got what each of those 20 people thought about mm-hmm. the thing, their interpretation of it. None of them are completely objective, but surely having 7 billion <laughs> versions of what this world is like written down in a thousand years will be more useful than one person's telling mm. to thousand years worth of generations of mistold stories you say mistold but I, I don't see it that way as being mistold I see it as a way that's it's growing and changing and is representative of probably what's happening in the in the moment yes but not in the original moment no but that's the problem what that happened I don't care about the original ago. moment <laughs> but that, that's so important right? That the only reason we know that We'd have white enough people of it. went to India and committed atrocities and ruined cultures is because we were, there were people writing it down even if those people were often the people committing the atrocities we can still see things went wrong otherwise in 200 years we've got some random person's interpretation my interpretation of it with no knowledge of anything that happened before I was born 
I'm like, oh, India's some country. I think something happened there a few years ago. Oh, but if you had I, the history of oral storytelling, you would have the stories. I'd have the history of oral storytelling with the prejudices of every single person who told me in that chain of... And not necessarily. You're assuming lifetime, that it's ten all... people back to when those things happened. You're assuming it's all coming down to individuals and individual perspectives, when actually we're talking about communities and bodies of people mm. passing down histories orally, which is a very, I think, valid way of passing knowledge down and yes sure there will be minute changes here and there that will reflect the time Massive but if you have the expertise to interpret them you could still get the how do you get that expertise well i don't know because i'm not from an oral storytelling culture but i'm sure they would tell you you could i just think it's a very ethnic thing to privilege the written word over but surely that's subjective as well any interpretation everything is subjective claire everything no, something written down Even is, precisely, is, is precisely the same as what was written down yeah. when the person wrote it if somebody sits down and says, this is my opinion, and in 300 years you look at the page they wrote, there's there's no spin or interpretation that's happened to that. It's precisely the same. If that were true, we'd have a perfect history of everything that happened since we no, started writing We, we need down. to try and gather all these different points of view from many years ago, because people had different opinions back then. But there'd be no need for historians if we did that. Historians are basically anthropologists. But no, the whole point of historians is to to gather these different genuine primary sources, rather than just saying, oh, my dad told me that something happened 200 years ago. That's the only source I've got, so I guess it's true. I think that's to slightly invalidate these huge cultural traditions of oral history. No, uh, yeah, so oral history has has something going for it, and it's more complicated than than simply hearsay. But it, if you actually want to know what happened, what genuinely happened a long time ago... You'd have to trust the one person who wrote it down, who probably has their own... You have to trust the hundred people that wrote it down, hopefully. You have to try, You have to draw on as many different Why sources is that as possible. Different from the hundred people who are telling the same story, from having heard it through the because most of them weren't there at the time, and they're all drawing on one original source. No, not necessarily. There's probably multiple sources going that have fused. But what happens when all of the people in that civilization disappear? Well, th- that's the problem: is they don't disappear. For example, there is a, a city called Totihuacan, approximately an hour from Mexico City. Everyone from that culture has disappeared. Well, the they ruin, didn't all die. They all died. How did they all die, Fernando? We do not know. The, the city itself was just buried in mountains. So at some point, not long ago, less than a hundred years ago, someone realized that the, man, that the civilization was there. And they... Uh, dug everything, so dug the pyramids from the mountains. And there is no written, written records, so nobody knows nothing about that city. It's just that it existed there because the pyramids are there. But because there is no civilization and no people remembering anything that happened, literally you go there, visit the places, and this, the things that tell you they they basically tell you we know nothing about this the civilization. It, we, there, there's there's nothing that can tell tell us what happened here. Look, I'm not fighting against writing things down. I think it's a great <laughs> idea to write things yeah. down. I'm just saying, don't disregard oral storytelling okay. and oral histories. No, no, I don't know okay. how we got onto this, but yes, that is a valid example. However, speaking of any indigenous people right now in the contemporary world, as though they are vanishing, is a harmful trope that has persisted. Since we began 
encountering any sort of cultures that were not our own. But we know small cultures are vanishing. They are in danger, right? The fact that this has been going on for a long time and has sometimes been overstated. There's no such thing as a static culture that is bounded, even geographically, culturally, Mm -hmm. spatially, people wise. It's moving in and out. And yes, uh, as I'm trying to say, it's very difficult because, yes, there are real threats to people um, where Mm -hmm. their homes are being destroyed or like these huge capitalist forces are coming in and changing everything. But people also adapt and. To think yeah. of things as static is what leads to just incredible racism against them. It, it's one of those difficult things. People have always talked about Native Americans as vanishing, or mm. or and they dramatically vanished, right? No, they're not all gone, but huge amounts of their well, they had a genocide committed yeah, against exactly. them. Yeah, exactly. Those dreadful. To <laughs> <laughs> still talk of them as though they're vanishing and we must preserve them is to talk as though they're not human beings who like move in and out of different spaces and different cultures and different things it's difficult for me to even talk about as because i i don't know these things Hmm. and i'm just putting my own perspective on it that i've been taught by my very white department yeah um but yeah but i'm just trying like go back to every indigenous not every Many, many indigenous mm-hmm. societies and people, anthropologists particularly, but everyone who has come across them has been like, they're vanishing, we must protect them, we must preserve this, we must mm. just keep everything as it is because I have this idea of them. I do have an article in, uh, about another uh, civilization in Latin America where there is basically, and there's literally just one person remaining. So one, once that person dies, there will be no one who speaks that language anymore. Uh, just tear your heart thinking no one will be able to speak it anymore. Should we? <laughs> should, should, it's like you didn't say a word, Laura. <laughs> I just, I can't. <sighs> so surely if we you know, and ask him the questions, his knowledge will probably disappear. I mean, is he vanishing? Surely it can't be a bad thing to ask him about his childhood, jot a few things down and put it in a book. I mean, there, there are some video recordings now because the New York Times published it. Brilliant. I think to... I think, well, I don't want to speak for you, but I think the idea is that someone would write that down. Someone would be the person who interpreted what he said. And therefore, it would be not and it, it wouldn't necessarily be representative of his culture it would be some conglomeration of what he said to this person and how that was interpreted by the person but there are there are two ways that we can tackle that and one is to give up and say well then there's no point and the other is to say well then we should try and do it as scientifically and precisely as possible we should Absolutely. try and make sure we don't just write <laughs> stuff down. We should film him. We should record his voice. We should do things that can't, that aren't open to subjective. Uh, <laughs> all things are open to even film. Film is so subjective. It's better though, isn't it? One No, not even. No, no. Filming something is not less subjective Everything. than just writing down stuff that you think. Yes. Have you? You must have heard the. Um, the idea that um, a director can elicit an emotion from sure. the same shot. Yeah. 
um, just depend on angle and closeness and but stuff we, like that. But we have to try, don't we? We can't just say, well, we'll never get this perfect, so fuck it. Just stop, stop <laughs> no, right. studying So cultures. I think the trouble would be treating your effort as an authority on the matter. And once you've only got one record of it, once you've got a record of this man and his language, and you say, this is what it is, which is what we're prone to do, because we say we collected the data scientifically, I think you'd, you'd need the caveats. You need the, mm. the idea that this is not objective and not factually correct information. It is just an interpretation of someone's interaction. But we treat it as fact. Right. When we read letters from Cicero, yeah. we we don't take into account Tiro's interpretation and writing it down. Yeah. His misunderstanding or anything like that. And then any changes in translation or oh, yeah, the, the monks over the years the order they're published in or anything like that you take it as an authoritative source and that's the danger yeah I don't know I like I am I'm finding this fascinating yeah <laughs> I just can't see that it'd be better if we didn't have those letters some things just aren't for you and that's the bottom line some things just aren't for you and you're not entitled to go and take them um, well, even though you willingly think- gives them Again, though, there's still power dynamics at play and you can't put it all down on individuals. I don't know, I'm still working through these things myself and decolonising yeah, anthropology is like enough. a mm. big topic at the moment and it's yeah. something that I probably don't understand as well as some other people. That, that's um, really interesting. Mm. I, I don't imagine this will be in the podcast. This <laughs> 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 will be a bugger to edit, it's been like two hours. <laughs> no, that's really interesting. Um definitely some stuff to think about and mm. yet you haven't convinced me and I don't think I've convinced you not at all but yeah I think your argument yes, is hinged on the fact that we should just record everything for posterity yeah without looking at the histories of harm that has been done just by doing that and by continu- no. <laughs> and assuming that continuing to do that would be a good thing yeah I do think yeah right, this, yeah. <laughs> in, in the end I think that we should attempt to to record as and pass down as much knowledge as we can because I think I wish we had more knowledge about the past now I think it would help us make our own decisions better I think it would help us to understand each other and get on better as a I, global I'm society I'm specifically talking about white people doing that though which I think you're also right. talking about without realising that you're talking about doing that because your argument is based that everyone should be able to access every, everything and my argument is that actually, if you go up by that, what ends up happening is that white people end up doing that. I would because love it if if everybody. I hope we're writing down enough about white culture as well. I think we are, um, and I I hope that one day in the future, everybody, regardless of race, will be able to study the past, and I hope that when they do so they won't just be able to read about what happened in Europe. I, I hope that they'll at least no, have some understanding of what happened in the past. No, but what I'm saying is that there are many diverse scholars and researchers who are doing that. I hope so. Without relying on this idea that things are vanishing and must be preserved, which I think is innately harmful. But whilst I acknowledge that there is 
mass damage being done by many different forces that should be addressed and stopped without simplifying it down to vanishing worlds, the vanishing native, the noble savage, etc, etc. Okay. But it's not for everyone and we shouldn't be entitled to all kinds of knowledge just for the sake of it. That's my argument. Okay. Because you're ignoring a vast history of uh, people doing that. But yeah, that's... I think... I think we've both made our cases. <laughs> I think we've all made our no, cases. No, I would not accept it. <laughs> uh, I can't, I just can't, I just can't. Oh, we'll talk about it some other time then. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I, I at least understand what you're saying. Though I don't think I agree with it. <laughs> Anyone have any other thoughts about the film? This was a film. Uh, it was the song catcher. Song catcher. I even the name elicits, you know, mm. thievery, doesn't yeah. it? It's like the child catcher and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I don't remember anything about the film now. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's what. Did you have any other thoughts, Fernanda? I would like to say again that I still cannot believe that she left <laughs> without trying again. I it wasn't for her. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly didn't put my hand on my heart there. Oh, yeah. I don't know what I think anymore. <laughs> Thanks for this <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I I just I have to battle those opinions every anthropology tutorial, sure. always from the bin. <laughs> I, I can only apologise for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, but our own positions inform our perspectives on debate. <laughs> 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 this is a good song. What's this? It's the same song, but a different interpretation, I'm sorry. Oh. Wow. Oh, um, an interpretation of a song. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I'll just jot this down and put a few uh, few extra quavers uh, in there. What's the, what, what do we got? Dum to dum. M. M for Michael. And for me. <laughs> well, I have an M film for us. Oh. Um, the next film is uh, The Muppets Take Manhattan. <laughs> Brilliant. Fantastic. Wait, I'm just going to write this down because I always forget. (laughs) The Muppets take Manhattan.